Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thanks, uh, worship team, for leading us so wonderfully in worship. Amen. Isn't it good to be in church this morning? It's always so good to gather together as God's people and to be able to worship together and, and just spend time together as the church and then dive into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. One really simple verse. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. But skill will bring success. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. But skill will bring success. And so, Father, as we dive into your word, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit you would speak to all of us here today pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word let our ears be open to hear your voice above all else so be glorified today Lord God I pray in the name of Jesus Father um, your gifts be in operation even as I share and I thank you for what you're going to do today you will speak lives will be changed in Jesus name amen amen Uh, This is the final message in a series I've been doing entitled For This Reason. Uh, We're exploring this whole topic of discovering uh, the giftings, the call of God on our lives. As Christians, we believe that we're not here by accident. We believe that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. The Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. It means that before God created us, He had a plan for our lives. He has a purpose for our lives. And as Christians, we're called uh, to, to be able to seek after that and understand what that looks like in our lives. Paul says, we looked at a couple of scriptures over the last few weeks. Paul says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Now, just, just look at some of these key words in this scripture. Paul says, I'm, a, I'm, I'm serving the Lord as a, as a prisoner. I beg you to lead a life uh, worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Paul says, I plead with you. Live a life worthy of the call of God on your life for you have been called by God. All of us have a calling on our lives and and I want you to know that there's nothing greater that we can do uh, with our life and discover and serve the purposes of God to get to a, a place in our life where we, where we kind of reflect and say, you know, this is what I was created to do. It's a, it's a place in our lives where we, where we kind of experience life and, and feel like, you know what, I, I was made for this. Uh, nothing greater than that. 
title for the series comes from Jesus' words. Now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Jesus in Gethsemane, He's kind of reflecting on the reality that He's about to go to the cross, but He's kind of thinking maybe there's a way out of this. Maybe there's something else that I can do. Uh, but, but then he, as He reflects, He says, no, it was for this very reason that I came to earth. And my prayer is that we would all discover our own for this very reason. That we would be able to step into the reason why God has created us and made us. My prayer is that you will live a life from today with a sense of call and purpose. Question is, how do we discover our purpose or our calling? It's kind of the question that we've been exploring together. Well, a few weeks ago, we looked at the subject, know yourself. Know yourself. One of the things that helps us understand the call of God is to look at how God has wired us up. God doesn't wire us up in a certain way and ask us to do something which is completely opposite to what we're doing. God doesn't give us certain passions in an area and then say, no, I want you to do the complete opposite. He, he, the call of God is consistent with the passion, the spiritual gifts, the natural abilities that God has given us. And as we flow with the way that God has wired us up, we'll get a clearer understanding of our calling God. I know that to be true of my life. When I do certain things, I feel alive. I feel like, you know, wow, this is exciting and, and, and th this is what I was created to do. I, I was made for this. There are, there are certain topics as I read a book, hear a seminar. Man, I just want to go back to that book. I want to hear that seminar because inside of me, there's something that says, this is what I was created to do. When I do housework though, <laughs> it's another story. You know, I don't feel that feeling at all, you know, because... It's not my calling in the name of, can I hear an amen somewhere? Anybody else out there with me? Come on, give me a hand, give me a, yeah, amen. <laughs> know yourself is the first one. <laughs> it's funny, huh? Uh, then we looked at the subject, grow yourself, grow yourself. We said there are three callings all of us have. Oh, Pastor Joe, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I'm called to do. The, the first call is the call to salvation. It's to know God. God loves you. He, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He created you for such a time as this. And, and the closer we get to God, the more we know God, the greater the calling on our lives. Then we talked about the calling to be like Christ. We talked about holiness and sanctification to get closer, to become more like Jesus. That's what we are as Christians. Our, our purpose is to be more and more like Jesus Christ, to say the things that Jesus would say, think like Jesus, act like Jesus, behave like Jesus. How many people know the world would be a better place if we had more people like Jesus living in the world we're living in? Can I hear an amen? It's the answer for the world we're living in today. And then we talked about the call to serve. It's, it's, it's serving. We talked about the difference between leadership and, and serving and that, and that the, the, the two words are actually synonymous. You know, in the world, there's this thinking, well, there are the leaders and there are the servants. And we talked about the value of being a servant. And the reality is the greatest leaders in the world actually have a servant heart. Greatest politicians in the world are those that serve. The greatest leaders in companies and managers are those that serve the people that they're under. And the reality is that those that serve want to, want to serve under that kind of a leader. It's the kind of leadership that Jesus talks about. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to lead. I didn't come to lord it over people, but I've come to serve. What a great 
uh, attitude to be able to cultivate in our lives. And as we pursue these callings, our own individual call starts to become clearer. Today, I wanna look at this whole subject again from another perspective. And one of the purposes of these messages is to kind of demystify this whole subject of calling. So often we think, well, the calling is out there somewhere and I need to find it. I know it's somewhere here and, and people spend their whole life trying to look for the call that's on their lives. Reality is the Bible is really clear about what we're called to do. And the more we know what the Bible says and the more we do what the Bible says, our individual call becomes clearer. So today, again, I wanna kind of take the mystery out of discovering our calling. And in this final message, I wanna, I wanna speak on give yourself. Give yourself to a cause that is greater than you. It's know yourself, grow yourself, and now give yourself, give yourself to a cause that is greater than yourself. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, no revelation, no picture of a preferred future, we start to backslide. We start to perish. Something starts to die in our lives. We lose our focus. We become distracted by things that have no value whatsoever in life. So with the rest of this message, I wanna, I wanna challenge you to pursue a number of purposes. Purposes and callings that we all have. Again, as you pursue these purposes, you won't have to find your calling. Your calling will actually find you. So what are, what are the purposes that we all have? First one, to change people's eternal destiny. One of the purposes we all have is to influence people's eternal, eternal destiny. It's to help people come to know who God is. People have all these preconceived ideas about who God is. He's the man upstairs, guy with a long beard. He's an angry God, got a big stick in his office. Can't wait to wield that big stick. And, and, and our calling is to restore people's relationship with a loving and just God. Man, for people to understand who God really is. What God wants to do. Paul says to the Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Uh, 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 the old is gone and the new is here. Man, that's a powerful scripture. For people that have actually experienced that in their lives, that scripture is not just words. It's actually life. They go, that's my story. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, they're, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. They're a new person. They can't believe who they used to be. They can't believe how they used to live. Can't believe how they used to think. You know, and there was a day where they came to a setting kind of like this, heard a message, this guy ran and raved and, and somehow they talked about Jesus, opened up their heart to Jesus and their whole life was radically changed. And here, here's what the next verse says. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Pastor Joe, I just want to know what I'm called. I just want to know what my, my ministry is. People say ministry. You know, they talk about their ministry, you know. Paul says, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, full stop. We can go now. To restore people's relationship with God. The reason why this is so important is because this was Jesus' mission was on earth. When God spoke to Joseph about Mary, he said, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He's gonna save people from a wasted life. 
It's a beautiful picture in this in the life of Zacchaeus. If you've been in church any time, you know the story. Jesus passing through Jericho. There's this dude on a tree because uh, he's a little bit short. He can't see, so he climbs up on a tree. And Jesus stops. Jesus stops right at him. I just love that. There's a crowd that's gathered. People have lined the streets and Jesus stops at one person. And he says, Zacchaeus, today I'm gonna come and have lunch at your house. Quickly calls his wife, get something ready. Now you need to understand the significance of this because this dude, he was not a nice person. He was a tax collector. Tax collectors were cheats. They were evil. The Bible says he was the chief tax collector, which means he was even worse than the worst of them. And when Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house, the religious ones, you know, the ones with the whole garb and, and they looked really, really good. They, they saw that fact that Jesus was about to go to his house and they started murmuring. They started to criticise Jesus. What's he doing going to the house of someone like this? And then the Bible, Jesus has this interaction and then he says this. This is Luke 19 and verse 8. And he says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, look at the change when he meets Jesus. Look at the transformation in his life when he meets Jesus. He says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything which he had, I will give back four times the amount. Here was this man who was crooked, evil, sinful. But he has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's... His, his life has radically changed. Listen, church, it's not just his thinking that has changed, although that's where it started. But not only has his thinking changed, his behaviour has changed. And that's how powerful this is. Thank God for, for doctors, thank God for rehab and all of this. But, but it's only Christ that can change the human heart. He's ready to make amends for his mistakes. And look what Jesus said to him today. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then Jesus says these key words, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. What a powerful scripture. No greater cause that we can get involved with than to see people come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, see people's lives radically changed as they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, not some, some dude up there, but a God that is very much interested in our lives, interested in what's happening in our lives today. He has a plan and a purpose for us. What hope is there for the world that we're living in today? If we look at the condition of our nation and the world, got to ask ourselves what hope is there? What hope is there for that broken family, that troubled life, that, that, that criminal, that hurting, people that are hurting? The only hope for the world today is Jesus Christ because only Jesus can transform the human heart at the deepest level. Come on, can I hear an amen? It's the love of Jesus that conquers sin, that wipes out shame, that heals wounds, that reconciles enemies, that restores families and ultimately changes the world one individual at a time. Friends, there's no greater message than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no message that is more powerful than the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we as a church need to always be careful that the, that the, the central message remains the central message, that we never get distracted with programs and this and that and all the other things, that we remain true to the call of God that's not only on us as individuals, but the church of Jesus Christ. And that is to point people to Jesus and to point people to Jesus Christ. We're living in a world that is anti-Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen? 
You know, the Bible talks about the Antichrist is already, the spirit of the Antichrist is already among you. And, and that is so true. We live in a world that is Antichrist. Every, every aspect of it is always against the church. You're never gonna turn on a current affair and watch a great story about the church. I can assure you of that. You're never gonna hear the project talking about the church of Jesus Christ and how great the church is. They're always gonna look for that one situation or the other situation and they're gonna magnify that and, 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 and so influence the way we all think. We have an education system that prefers to, to, to talk. You know, I was thinking this week, creation, evolution and all of that. And, and, I, and, I, and I was just thinking about all of that. And, and, you know, evolution's got holes in it. I mean, it's just full of gaps and full of holes. I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, and, and, and the only reason why they teach it, because they don't want to, they don't want to accept the reality of Jesus Christ. We're not going to teach Jesus. We're not going to teach about God in our schools. We need an alternative. And I don't care that it's got a whole lot of gaps. We're going to pass this on as truth. And you know, we can believe that. You can believe that there was nothing and then there was something. I mean, gee, that takes a lot of faith. You got more faith than me. And you know, people, well, 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 what's the proof about Jesus? And you know, if you're a guest here today and you, you kind of ask it, they're good questions, by the way. They're great questions, in fact. And you know, all of Christianity hinges on what's going to happen next weekend. All of Christianity hinges on Easter. Easter is the most important date in the Christian calendar because what we believe is that Jesus died. He didn't just die on a cross. He, just, he didn't just live. He, he, he didn't just do miracles. He died on a cross and three days later, he rose from the dead. That's, that's why we serve Jesus. If you wanna know the proof, then look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Look at the resurrection. You wanna disprove Christianity. It's really simple. Disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there is an element of faith to Christianity in the beginning God. And the cross speaks to us about the reality of God and Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This, this was Jesus' mission statement. This was the mission statement that he had on his wall in his office. This is what I came to do. And there's more than one way that we can be poor, blind, crippled, in a prison and oppressed. And Jesus said, the reason why I came was to make poor people rich. Now, some people are thinking, ching, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. They're thinking, wow, I might become a Christian because I'm, I'm a bit poor at the moment. I want to be rich. You heard me say before, there's, um, there's an old Italian chorus that they used to sing. They said, not very rich, but I have everything but I have everything. I, I have everything. I have everything. And that's the reality. When you come to know Christ, suddenly, suddenly the material things have no value anymore compared with the, with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the reason why I came was to restore sight to the blind. You know, people can, sometimes you can see with your eyes, but, but, but you can't see. How many times have people said, I, I just can't see a way out of this. I can't see how I'm going to get through this. I, I, can't, I can't see a way through this particular situation. Jesus came to open blind eyes. In fact, the whole, the whole concept of depression is, is I don't see any hope for the future. And so we, we, we fall into the depression. One of the things Jesus came to do was to open our eyes so that we could see to give hope where there was no hope, 
to help those who have been crippled by hurts and pain. For those who are stuck in a prison and feel like they can't get out. For the oppressed. Jesus came to set the oppressed free. And for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Friends, there's no greater message than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no greater cause than to see people come to Christ. You know, then people say, Pastor Joe, I just don't know what my ministry is, my ministry. Our purpose is to reconcile people to Christ. To talk about what Jesus has done. And we as the church of Jesus Christ have the privilege and the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. To do the very things that Jesus would do if he was here on earth. Man, if we could just get that concept in our minds. If we could understand the reality of this. Some people say, oh, I wish Jesus was here. Then, then, then. But look at the genius of Jesus. Goes back to heaven. Sends his Holy Spirit, plants his Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. Purpose of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in each of us so that Jesus could be everywhere at the same time. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are called to represent Jesus Christ wherever we are. Pastor Joe, I don't know what my ministry is. I don't know what I'm called to do. It's very simple. Represent Jesus wherever you are. Do the very things that Jesus would do if he were in the place where you are. And who knows that God has not placed you there for such a time as this. Our first purpose is to change people's eternal destiny for Christ. Another purpose we have is to establish God's kingdom on the earth. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I just love this prayer. Spoke about it at a funeral this week. Two best words in the prayer is our father. How does God want us to come to him? As a child comes to a father. Our father. Right in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We begin all our, all our prayer with worship. And we begin to worship God. Your kingdom come. There it is. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean thy kingdom come? What, it, what that means is that there are two kingdoms in the world. There's the kingdom of God and there's dominion of darkness. There's the kingdom of God and there's the dominion of darkness. There is a war and a battle for territory in these two kingdoms. The enemy seeks to take ground by killing, destroying, immorality, stealing, hatred, discord. And God takes ground by showing love, peace, forgiveness, joy, kindness, and honesty. Every day we are faced with, a, listen carefully to what I'm saying. Every day we are faced with moments of truth. Every day we're, we're faced with, uh, with the spiritual crossroads where there's two ways ahead of us. And it's always the same two roads. One will lead to less love, less peace, less joy, less kindness, less forgiveness, less honesty, and one will lead to more. Richard Bollis says, our mission, our call is to choose the latter every single time. We're called to make earth more like heaven. We're called to make earth more like heaven. We're called to make earth look a little bit more like heaven. We're called to be more like Jesus and to do the very things that Jesus would do. We have hundreds of those opportunities every single day. And again, again, people are saying, Pastor Joe, what's my call in life? What's my ministry? Your call is so simple. Lead people to Christ and be part of building the kingdom of God. 
Be, be part of building God's kingdom. Be part of doing the very things that Jesus would do if he was here on earth. And if they're the only two missions that we have in life, they're more than enough. They're more than enough. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor John, I'm already doing all those things. So, you know, this is just revision for me. Well, let me give you a little quiz. Little quiz. This is quiz time. Any people like quizzes? Multiple choice. I hated multiple choice in uni. Hated it. Um, this is multiple choice. See how you go. Some examples. You're driving peacefully and someone wants to come into your lane. Do you A, speed up so they can't get in and then wave as you drive past? <laughs> Do you speed up and pretend not to have noticed them? Or do you see, slow down and let him in? Pastor Joe, I just, I just want to know what my call in life is. I just want to know what my ministry is. Start by letting the other driver in. <laughs> it's a good place to start. You're at a restaurant and you had a great lunch with some friends and your spouse and you walk out and then realise you forgot to pay. What do you do? Do you A... Start running to your car and tell your wife, start the car, start the car. <laughs> do you thank God for this incredible blessing? You know, amazing God. You just do great things, you know. Or do you go back and pay? Hmm. Your spouse does something that hurts you. Hmm. Do you give them a piece of your mind? I'm not going to look there. Do you give them the silent treatment? Boom, boom. Or do you gossip about them to your friends? Or better still, your mother? Mm. Or do you forgive and restore and resolve the issue? Your life group leader makes your booking at a restaurant you hate. <laughs> hate it. Do you contact the other group members and try to get them on your side? Sign a petition. Do you tell others how useless your life group leader is? Or do you leave the group? Or do you attend the restaurant because it really doesn't matter where you go as long as you're together? Listen carefully. Every single day we're faced with two roads. One that builds the kingdom and one that builds the dominion of darkness. Some people are saying, Lord, I just want, I just want to know what my call is. Oh, well, they're cutting people off on the road not doing the right thing, unforgiving, disrespectful. And God must be in heaven laughing. Here's the thing. As we make it our mission to point people to Christ, build his kingdom, you're not going to need to find your calling. Your calling is going to find you because that's the kind of people that God wants to use. And some of you might be thinking, Pastor Joe, are you serious? You've got to be joking. If I let the other driver in, I'm changing the world. If I go back and pay the bill, it'll make a big difference. Really? Are you serious? Listen, it's the seemingly insignificant little things that we do every day that collectively make the greatest difference. You know, I'm fascinated by skyscrapers. Here in Adelaide, we've got some amazing skyscrapers here in Adelaide. I mean, they're just so tall. I mean, it's unbelievable. But even, even the ones here in Adelaide, as small as they might be, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by them. How do they build them? How do these buildings get built and they actually stay up? 
How does it happen? And usually, if you've ever watched a building site, the first thing they do is they dig. They dig this great big hole. And then there's all this activity that happens. People doing stuff, guys in high-vis gear, hard hats, and they're walking in and they're walking out and trucks coming in and trucks coming out and cranes moving things from here to there, moving here to there. And then over time, this building starts to appear out of the ground. Skyscrapers are built by lots of individual people doing lots and lots of little tasks. And as they do their individual, seemingly insignificant tasks, the building is built. As we all do our little, seemingly insignificant little tasks, choosing love, kindness, peace, gratitude, forgiveness, we're together building the kingdom of God. And people will be more open. The Jesus some people will see in life, the closest people will ever get to Jesus in life for some people will be you, will be you. The only Bible they will ever see or read is gonna be your life. And people don't wanna hear today. What they wanna do is they wanna see. They wanna see Jesus. Now that doesn't mean we're perfect. We have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. You know, and I remember when I was in the marketplace and, you know, and, you know, they knew I was a Christian, they knew I came to church. Man, every little mistake I made, and you're a Christian, you know, and they would just, they would go hammer and tongs at me. I didn't care. <laughs> I'm going to do my best I can. I told them again and again, I'm not perfect. I'm, 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 you know, I'm by the grace of God becoming a little bit more like Jesus every single day. Can I hear an amen? Gonna make earth just a little bit more like heaven. Gonna answer Jesus' prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A lot of people think that their mission in life is to achieve something that the whole world will see, and maybe for some that's what it'll be. But it's not always that for everyone. This is what Richard Bowles said. We need to learn that the stone does not always know the ripples it has caused in the pond as it goes to the ground whose surface it impacts, so neither we nor those who watch our life will always know what we have achieved by our life and by our mission. It may be that by the grace of God, we helped bring about a profound change for the better in the lives of other souls around us, but it also may be that this takes place beyond our sight or after we have gone on. And we may never know what we have accomplished until we see him face to face after this life is past. It's just a beautiful thing. Just be like Jesus. Build the kingdom of God, every opportunity that you get. You know, and, 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 and watch God, how God uses you, wherever you might be. What will matter in 100 years from now is not what house we lived in, what car we drove, how much money we had. What will matter is what we did for Jesus. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Our third principle or purpose we all have is to glorify God in everything that we do. It's never about our glory. It's always about the glory of God. Whatever you do, says Paul to the Corinthian church, do it all for the glory of God. Live in a world where, you know, it's such a narcissistic, me-centered world. It's all about me. It's all about my glory. It's all about what I can get out of it. It's all about my name. Um, that's completely opposite to scripture. 
everything we do, we do for the glory of God. We want people to see that and say, God is an amazing God. God, God is an incredible God. Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do, work as if you're working for God, not for your boss. Passion Translation says this, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord Himself and not merely for others. Yes, you may be working for your employer, but work as if you're working for Jesus. Serve wholeheartedly. This is Ephesians. It's in Colossians. It's now in Ephesians. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. So if your boss was Jesus, how would it change how you work? Now, there's a question. If your boss was Jesus, how, how, how would you work? Would it change how you work? I mean, you couldn't take that extra sickie, could you, huh? That would be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Ringing, yeah, I'm not feeling the best today. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Use the talents, gifts, spiritual gifts that God has given you to honour and glorify God. In the midst of an extensive building program after the great fire of London, Sir Christopher Wren often visited these building sites and chatted with his builders. One day he asked several carpenters what they were doing. First muttered without looking up, sawing a piece of wood, Wren was disappointed with his answer and moved on. Another straightened his back a moment and said, I'm laying a floor. Wren considered that the fellow had a much broader view of his work and complimented his workmanship. A third man stopped what he was doing and looking up to where the cathedral spire would one day puncture the sky, said, I am helping the famous architect, Sir Christopher Wren, build a mighty cathedral of worship that will last for centuries to the glory of God. Wren introduced himself and thanked the man for sharing his dream and for understanding his destiny in the overall scheme of history. Three carpenters, but only one had a sense of calling that changed his attitude towards his work. We can go to work and just do what we're doing. Or we can understand that there is an eternal significance to what we're doing. We're doing this for the glory of God. And we see everything that we do as having potential to glorify God changes how we work. As Richard says, Richard Bowles said, our mission can be something like this. My mission is to be the hands and feet of Jesus especially to those who are suffering. You think about that for a moment. Jesus, there's someone that's suffering. Um, if Jesus was here on earth, he would go and minister to them. But Jesus is not here on earth. So you know what he does? He uses your hands and my hands. He sends someone like you. He sends someone like me. He gives someone passion to serve the suffering. And he sends us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to that person. Oh, you can just do the work because you're, you know, you're an aide or whatever it is that you are. You can just do the work or you can do the work being the hands and feet of Jesus. What a difference that's going to be. My mission is to create good food so that people's bodies cannot get in the way of spiritual growth. My mission is to create the finest instruments so that people can hear the voice of God in the wind. My mission is to help people know the truth so that there can be more honesty in the world a journalist. My mission is to create beautiful gardens so that people may see the beauty and creativity of God. How beautiful is that? I'm a landscaper. Really? That's it? 
or I, I, I create beautiful gardens so that people may see the glory and creativity of God. Nothing more creative than nature. Nothing, go to the zoo and you'll see how creative God is. Look at plants and flowers and trees and, and, and you'll just see the hand of God all over them. God is creative. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. One final scripture. Solomon says, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. On the surface, verse, pretty basic verse, speaking about a lumberjack, has got an axe in his hand. If the axe is dull, unsharpened, it requires more work to cut down the tree. Sharpen the axe. Learn the skill of how to cut down a tree. Julia knows all about that. Um, there's a skill involved. Don't just smash the tree. There's a skill involved. And if you do, it will bring success. So what does that mean for us? I believe it speaks about our calling. The question we need to ask ourselves is what is our axe? What has God placed in our hand? God has placed something in all of our hands. He's placed gifts, talents, abilities, passions. He's entrusted us with certain gifts. Now we can squander those talents, neglect those talents. We can use those gifts that God has given us for our own ends. But Solomon says, if we sharpen the axe, develop the skill, then we're going to be more effective, successful. If we know what God has put in our hands, know yourself. If we grow closer to God, be more like Jesus. Take on the heart of a servant in whatever you do, wherever you are. If we give ourselves to a cause that is greater than ourselves, point people to Christ, build the kingdom of God, glorify God in everything that we do. We won't have to find our calling, but our calling will find us. And then we'll be more effective. We will accomplish the purposes of God for our life. We will do the will of God. We will serve God. We will be productive. We'll make a difference for the cause of Christ. We will do things that will cause us to reflect on our lives and say, this is what I was created to do. Man, what an amazing place to be. In a place in your life where you go, this is what I was created to do. What, a t what an awful place to be when you're, when you're, it's Monday tomorrow. Oh, Monday. It's Monday tomorrow. And, and drudgery and doing stuff which you have to do, but you don't want to do. And I get there's a place for that. Nothing wrong with some of those things in its right place. But wouldn't it be better if we could be in a place where we feel, man, this is what I was created to do. Then we'll be able to say, like it was said about David, now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. How powerful is that? Listen carefully. When David had served God's purpose, not his own purpose, not someone else, he served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I don't know about you, but one day I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Can I hear an amen? My prayer for you, my prayer for you today is that you would get an understanding that, that our hearts and mind would be open to say, hey, I'm not here by accident. I did not evolve from nothing. I was created by a creative being. 
I was created by God for such a time as this. And God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And I want to know what that is. I want to know what that is. And you know, you don't have to wait to find out what it is. You can step into it as of today. Tomorrow, as you go to work, you're no longer just a worker. You're called by God to be where you are, to be used by God. There there are gifts in this church that are dormant. There, there, There are some of you, you've convinced yourself, I've got nothing to offer. My life is a way. But Pastor Joe, you don't understand my past. You don't understand what I've been, where I've done, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, God has a way of redeeming our past. Can I hear an amen somewhere? Someone, just say an amen somewhere. God has a way of redeeming our past. And somehow turning some of those, the, dis- the, 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 the worst messes that we've done, He has a way of redeeming them and using them for His glory. And you can spend the rest of your life just existing, going through the motions of life, eating, drinking, sleeping, paying the bills. And your mission in life, I've said before, I've got to find the right box. You know, I've got to find that right box. That right box is a Seinfeld, by the way. And then one day you get to your funeral and you find, oh yes, I found the right box. This is the perfect one. Fits perfectly, just beautiful box. That can be your mission in life. What a, what a waste. But you can be used by God in a powerful way. Would you stand with me? Just going to finish off with one, one, one little exercise that we did right at the beginning. But I, I, you know, one of the frustrations of the church is that we get this thought that says those guys at the front, they're called, but the rest of us aren't. And I hate that. Uh, or our concept of calling is I've got to be a missionary, I've got to be a pastor, I've got to do those, I've got to do something spiritual. And yes, for some people that's what it is. But for the great majority of us, it's 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 being in the marketplace, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I just pray that there would be a shift in our minds. You know, they're shifting our mind. So, sometimes even, even people have, oh, they're educated. They've been to university. They've got a degree. They, they're the ones that are going to be, I'm a tradie. I, I work in a factory. Oh, there's no way. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Go, go back to the first sermon that I spoke and I said the first time the Holy Spirit is mentioned, there's the Holy Spirit coming on a tradie in the Bible back in Deuteronomy, I think, or somewhere, somewhere in the first five chapters of the Bible. God can use you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Anyway, I want you to close your eyes and I just, I just, I just want to pray that God will tap into your passions. And the question I asked right at the beginning was, if you could do something for God, you knew you wouldn't fail. You knew it was the will of God. What would you do? What would you do? Now, there might be some people here, you go, I don't really believe in God. Okay, let's just take the God thing out. If you could do something in your life, you knew you wouldn't fail. What would you do? It's a powerful question. It's a powerful question because it taps in to something deep in our hearts that God has placed in there. I just want you to think about that for a minute. Just close your eyes, your time with God. My prayer is that God is going to give you a picture. Just a picture of what that might be. You could do something for God. You knew it wouldn't fail. What would you do? Just a picture of it.
Speak by the Holy Spirit, Lord. Speak by the Holy Spirit, Lord. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. Man, if, if your eyes could see, if you can get a picture of what it is, that would be, it might not actually be accomplished per se, but it's going to start pointing you towards what it is that God has called you to do. And man, if you, if you could start pointing towards that, your life is going to be lived differently. You're not just going to exist. You're not just going to go through the motions of life. You're going to be everything that God has called you to be. And so, Lord, I pray for this congregation that this church would not just be... Um, a one-man band, a two-man band, a three-man band. That there would not be a separation from those that are called and those that are not. Those that minister and those that don't. But that we would all get a glimpse of what it is you want to do with our lives. Father, what, what, what will it profit if we go through life and just go through the motions of life but, but never get a, an understanding of the call of God on our lives? Let that become a reality in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it become a reality. And I thank you for what you're going to do with this church that we will be the body of Christ. Collectively, we will be the body of Christ and make a difference in our generation. This is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week.